a final charge to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, you will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not, be, will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear, but they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I just found out before uh, Hans told me that uh, it's his 75th birthday today. So I think we should congratulate him on that. Uh, so please say happy birthday to him afterwards. Uh, and also, Steve didn't mention it, but uh, this is his last Sunday for a couple of weeks. Uh, so wish him well uh, as he has a bit of time off with Robin. Uh, and uh, uh, I wanted to pray for him as well. I was reminded this week... Uh, just how wonderful it is to have someone working alongside you who's on the same page and just such a great help and a great support. So thank you for that, Steve. So let's, let's pray for those things and for God's wisdom as we read his word. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for all your great gifts to us. Lord, thank you for uh, Hans and the uh, 75 years that you've given to him. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, bless his day of celebration today and of remembering your goodness uh, Lord, thank you too for Steve and for his work here in the church. And uh, as he and Robin have some time off, and uh, we just pray that you would uh, watch over them, keep them safe, give them great and rich rest uh, and uh, wonderful time of reflection uh, on your goodness to them over this year and over many years. Uh, and Lord, now as we come to think about your word to us, as we uh, seek to understand what it is that you're saying to us, we help pray that you would help us to be prepared by the Bible uh, for every good work. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. A number of years ago, quite a long time ago now, I went on a uh, snowboarding trip with my two sisters. They'd been snowboarding before, they'd been to Canada, they'd been to different places snowboarding, and I'd never been snowboarding and I thought, oh well, yep, do that, that'd be a bit of fun. Uh, but we're, we're travelling from Sydney to the Snowy Mountains, which is a pretty long drive. 
uh, and I'd, I'd, as I said, I'd never been before, but they had a book, The Powder and the Glory, uh, it was called, uh, on how to snowboard. And I thought, well, I've got five or six hours in the car, I'll just read this book. So I sat down uh, to read this book o- on the car trip, uh, and as I read, I would think, you know, I'd try to understand what they would say, and I would, I would do what they, you know, what they call pre-visualization. So you, uh, you know, you, you, you think about what it is that you're, go- that you're going to do, what the parts of your body you're going to do, and how you're going to respond, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, you might think that all of that was a complete waste of time, uh, but actually, uh, science has shown that you can learn an awful lot, that you can actually grow. Uh, and improve in things like sport and music, that there is the opportunity to, to grow from that just by imagining it beforehand. So, so next time your parents tell you to practice your instrument or something like that, just say, I am, I am I'm doing it in my head. Uh, uh, but the, the long and short of that was that when we actually got to the, to, the, uh, to the ski fields, I got on my snowboard and I was amazed at how much I understood about what I was trying to do just by reading the book. Uh, and my two sisters were also highly frustrated about how much I understood about uh, how to uh, snowboard uh, just from reading that book. Well, lots of us do that, don't we? We, uh, we? we read training manuals. Maybe these days we don't so much read a book but watch the videos on YouTube. And we do that because we want to learn from others we want, to, we want the training manual on how to do whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's playing soccer or footy, whether it's snowboarding, whether it's learning to knit, whatever it is. We, we read those books, those training manuals, we watch those videos because we want to equip ourselves for the task that is before us. And really, the Bible is like God's training manual for life. Uh, and what we're thinking about today and what Uh, God is speaking about in this passage that Tim read for us is that very idea how the Bible can train us and equip us for the life that we have before us and in the place where God has put us. So last week, uh, for those who uh, missed it, we we were looking at the, the section just before this and we saw that Timothy, he's a young ministry worker and he's working in a church which is kind of falling to pieces. And Paul, his sort of ministry mentor, was writing to him and and saying to him, look, uh, you need to be prepared for this difficult situation uh, that you're facing in your church. And and in this section that we just read today, Paul is really following on from that. Uh, and And he's saying to Timothy, I know how hard it is, Uh, for you. Uh, You know how hard it's been for me. You know about the persecutions that I faced, the sufferings that I faced in the ministry that God has given me. And look, things are actually going to get worse than they are at the moment. But as for you, just keep going and keep equipping yourself with the Bible. So verse 13, Paul says, evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's going to get worse. But as for you, continue on what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. So Timothy's to keep going. Uh, What is he to keep going with? Well, verse 15, he's to keep going with the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. 
Now, in the first place, for Timothy, the scriptures that Paul is talking about were the Old Testament. Uh, That's the scriptures that Timothy had in his hand uh, as he was receiving this letter. The New Testament was only just being written in the form of the letter that Timothy had in his hands. It was only just being collected together. Uh, But Paul says to Timothy that when he reads the Old Testament through faith in Christ Jesus, or if you like, in the light of uh, the fulfillment of those things in Jesus, uh, when, when Timothy reads those scriptures, when he takes it to heart through faith, when he trusts in what God is saying in the Bible, when he reads the Bible like that, it is able to make him wise for salvation. To be wise for salvation means, in the first place, to know the way of salvation, to know how it is that we can be reconciled to God, to know how it is that we can be saved by God. The Bible teaches us that salvation is by faith in Christ Jesus. It's by entrusting ourselves to the Lord Jesus and to his life lived for us, his death died for us, and his resurrection, which he has accomplished for us. So to be wise for salvation means to know how we are saved by faith in Christ Jesus. But to be wise for salvation also means to be wise in knowing how to live out of that salvation that we have received in Jesus. So Paul says in verse 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Paul So for Paul, that's part of what it means to be wise for salvation. The Bible is not just telling us how to be saved, it's definitely telling us that, but it's also telling us how to live for God, how to be be righteous, how to be thoroughly equipped for every good work, for every situation that we might meet in life, to know how in that situation we can live for God. The scriptures, Paul says, are breathed out by God. They were written by human beings, but they were breathed out by God through those people. They were carried along by his spirit as they wrote down those words. And those words, as we read them, teach, rebuke, correct, and train us. Now, as I said, Paul was talking about the Old Testament scriptures read in the light of Jesus. And we can still read the Old Testament And when we read it in the light of Jesus, those words thoroughly equip us for every good work. Leviticus, strange ceremonies that you and I no longer have to do by God's grace because of their fulfillment in Jesus. But when we read those words, they teach us, correct us, rebuke us and train us in righteousness so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And if the Old Testament scriptures can do that, which speak about our salvation in Jesus in uh, shadows, uh, if those words can do that, then how much more so the New Testament, which speaks even more clearly of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read those words, they make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So if you don't know Uh, how to be saved, how to be reconciled to God, the the place that you need to go is to the Bible. The Bible is able to make you wise for salvation. You might read through one of the biographies of uh, Jesus' life and and every time you read that, you might 
pray to God, Lord, please make me wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Please help me to know who you are. Help me to know how it is that I can be reconciled to you. Help me to have the confidence and the conviction that you are who you say you are, that these words are true and living and real. So the Bible can help you to know how to be saved, uh, but the Bible is also the place that you can go if you want to know how to live for God. Having been saved, the Bible is able to teach, train, correct, and rebuke us. So reading the Bible uh, and studying the Bible with others uh, and hearing the Bible explained uh, is, is like going to footy training. Uh, that is, every week when you turn up at footy training, you're being taught about the game, you're being taught how to, how to play the game, and you're being trained to play the game. And you're being trained and taught again and again and again. And sometimes you're being trained and taught about the same things because you forget. Head over the ball. How many times do you need to be reminded to keep your head over the ball when you're, when you're playing footy? It's the same in the Christian life. We need to be trained and to conti be continually reminded so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible trains us to live for God. It trains us to serve God in all of life. It trains us to build others up in the truth, to be godly parents or godly children or godly leaders or godly citizens. It trains us for every aspect of our lives. Uh, in fact, the teaching, correcting uh, and rebuking and training function of the Bible is so amazing, it's so thorough that, that God says here that it can train us for every good work. I remember once buying a, a car manual. I don't know if people buy those or if they even sell those anymore. It was a long time ago. It was for, for my old car and I needed to fix something. And, uh, and so I went and bought this car manual and I brought it home and I thought, great, you know, it's going to tell me, I won't tell you what it was. It was embarrassingly simple. Uh, that I, <laughs> but I got, I got the book home and I opened it up and it didn't, it didn't tell me what I needed to do. You know, it had the pictures, but as always, you know, before the days of YouTube videos, they'd always missed the crucial picture that you needed to know or the crucial sentence or instruction that you needed to actually be able to complete the task. I gone and bought this book so I could be thoroughly equipped for whatever it was that I had to do. And it, and it failed in its task. But God says that the Bible is not like that. We'll never go to the Bible and think, well, it doesn't tell me how I need to be equipped for this life that God has given me to lead. Because the Bible is able to equip us for every good work. Well, how can we receive that teaching? How can we be taught, corrected, and trained by the Bible? Well, one of the best ways we can do that is by reading the Bible ourselves, of course, and to do that every day is a great habit. Uh, and, to, and as you read it, uh, to pray over it and to pray that God would teach you and correct you and train you by what you read. That's so important, not just to read the Bible, but to pray that God would train you through it and teach you and correct you. Uh, you might like not only to read the Bible every day, but you might to, like to set aside a chunk of time as well to sit down and to read the Bible. Uh, I, I've, in the last few months, have set aside time on, on Saturday morning 
Uh, I used to go to the Harvest Market. I used to love buying the bread there at the Harvest Market, and, and I'd get my coffee. But I decided, no, actually, it's more helpful for me to sit down and to read the Bible. I said to my friend, I thought it was so clever and witty, there's other bread which I need to eat. You know. <laughs> but so it has been such an oasis in life, because I find that in the daily hustle and bustle of the morning, devotions can just so easily be crowded out by the day's concerns. And so what an oasis it is to set aside some time to sit and to read and to pray and to listen to a sermon, uh, to read a Christian book, and to do that, to be built up, to be taught and trained and equipped for every good work. It's great to do that on your own. It's such a wonderful uh, gift of God. But even better than reading the Bible on your own is to read the Bible with others. Uh, I meet up uh, once a week with someone and we spend... Well, usually we spend about two hours reading the Bible uh, and talking about the Bible and talking about life. It's such a wonderful source of encouragement. Uh, it is uh, for both of us. Uh, or to be part of a growth group. Or, or to sit down with your, with your husband or wife or your family at the dinner table every night and to read the Bible together. Because they'll see things that you don't see. And they'll be able to hold you accountable when you read at dinner uh, the night before, you know, uh, fathers do not exasperate your children, they'll be able to remind you that that's what you read in the Bible last night. It's great to read the Bible on your own, but it's so helpful to read the Bible with others because together we can be trained and equipped for every good work. And of course, we can do uh, not only read the Bible with others, but we can do what we're doing now, and that is to gather together with each other and to hear the Bible explained and taught and applied. Well, God has given us this rich resource to train us and to equip us. Let's use the Bible uh, and be thoroughly equipped by it for the lives that God has given to us. So what are we to do? We're to continue. We're to keep going in what we've learned and we're to be prepared by the Bible. But next, we're not just to use the Bible for ourselves. We're to use the Bible to help prepare others. So Paul goes on in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Here it is. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So Timothy is not just to study the Bible for himself, but he's to use the Bible in training and equipping others. He's to faithfully preach in his, ch in his church. He's a pastor. That's his role. Uh, he's, a, uh, he's a preach in season and out of season. That is, he's to say what needs to be said from the Bible when people want to hear it and when people don't want to hear it. Uh, that's an enormously difficult thing to do. You know, it's relatively e easy to teach people when they want to be taught. Uh, you know, if you have kids uh, and you're trying to teach them something, uh, if they're eager to learn, it makes it so easy to, to, to teach, doesn't it? But when they're not eager to learn, let me teach you how to clean up your room, for instance. Teaching is a, is a, it's out of season <laughs> at that point, and it's very hard to do. Uh, it's so hard to teach someone, to say to someone from the Bible what God wants them to hear when they don't want to hear it. It's hard because they don't want to hear it and so they're pushing back on you maybe. 
it's hard because uh, you might be worried about hurting them or you might be worried about hurting the relationship that you have with them. Uh, in fact, I think sometimes the closer the relationship that we have with people, sometimes the harder it is to actually speak the truth of the Bible out of season because we begin to value the relationship more than their relationship with God. Well, it's great. It's a great challenge to do that. But if it was easy, Paul wouldn't have had to lay it on so thick with Timothy when he gives him this charge. He, he doesn't just say to Timothy, look, I reckon it'd be really nice if you could, uh, could speak to people from the Bible and if it gets hard, just, you know, just try and persevere a bit. He said, look at what he says. He says, I charge you before God and Jesus who will come back to judge the living and the dead, preach the word. You're going to have to stand and give an account. People won't want to listen to you. They'll be gathering around themselves, uh, this little gathering of people who will say what they want to hear. They're not going to want to listen to you. But you just keep preaching the Bible, keep speaking the truth of God into people's lives. Well, that's the challenge. How do we do that? Well, uh, God says to us through Paul, we're to use the Bible to correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That is, we're to do for others what the Bible has done for us. It's taught, corrected and trained us. We should use the Bible to teach, correct and train others as well. But the three things that Paul mentions here in these verses, uh, correct, rebuke and encourage, are so important, I think, for us to hold together. So if we only use the Bible to rebuke people but don't correct them, then they'll know that they've done the wrong thing, but they won't know what the right direction is that they're supposed to go. They won't, if we don't correct them, they won't know what they are supposed to do instead. And if we only uh, use the Bible to correct people but don't encourage them, then the message that they'll get is that nothing they do is ever good enough, that everything is always a problem. And if we only use the Bible to uh, encourage people but don't correct and rebuke them, then they may be wonderfully encouraged and happy about how things are going but not realise that actually they're going astray and that they need to be brought back on course. Now, it's so important that we hold together those three things that God lays out for us here to correct, rebuke and encourage. It's helpful, I think, for us to think about what ways we use the Bible in our lives with other people. Because often we tend, we tend to get fixed on one or other of those. We kind of have a default style. So we always correct, but never encourage. Or we always encourage and never rebuke. So maybe you only use the Bible to correct your children. Well, then you need to learn to use the Bible to encourage them. To actually say, maybe, I'm so encouraged by what God is doing in your life. And I'm certain of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion at the day of Christ. Imagine what it would be like to grow up in a house where you're only ever corrected 
but not ever encouraged by what God is doing. Or maybe you only use the Bible to encourage. You do great at saying, God is at work here, but never use the Bible to correct or rebuke or train. Well, you need to learn to do that, to say those hard words that are out of season so that those around you might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we do that, Paul says, we need to do it with great patience. It's so easy to teach impatiently. Why won't these people learn? We need to teach with great patience and we need to teach with great care. That is, we need to make sure that what we're teaching is what the Bible really says. And we need to make sure that what people are hearing us as saying is what we're actually meaning to say. Because sometimes we say what, what we think we're saying is not what people are hearing us as saying. And we need to be careful to make sure that they've understood us correctly. We need to correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and with careful instruction. So we're to continue using the Bible to, to be equipped for every good work. We're to continue using the Bible to equip others for every good work. Finally, we're not to panic, but we're to faithfully do what God has put before us. So verse 5, Paul says to Timothy, But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So again, here's the context. The church is going to custard. People are abandoning the truth, gathering around themselves false teachers. And Paul says to Timothy, God says to us, keep your head Endure hardship, do ministry. Do the ministry God's given you. So first of all, we're to keep our head. That is, we're not to fall apart when we see everything falling apart around us. Uh, or when we see how hard things appear to be or what it is that we're facing or how great the opposition is or how uncertain the future is. We're, we're not to fall apart, but we're, as Paul says in chapter 1, we're to fan into flame the gift that God has put in us. Remembering that we have a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But to keep our heads. Well, I don't know about you, but I find that the hardest thing to do. I think when, when there's even just a hint of things going wrong, I lose my head. It's so hard, isn't it, to be focused? Particularly when the stakes are so high. What, what might the stakes be? Someone abandoning the gospel. someone abandoning their marriage. A relationship being torn apart by disputes. It's so easy to look at that, isn't it? And to, to not keep our head. But Paul says, don't be thrown about, but be stable and even keeled. We're not just to keep our head, we're to endure hardship. Uh, it's all too easy, I think, for us to keep our head uh, and to remain balanced and in control by avoiding the conflict. It's like the soldier who uh, stays safe by hiding in the trenches rather than going into the battle. But God says to us, keep your head and endure hardship. Do both together. Uh, God's not calling us to protect our lives at all costs. In fact, Paul says to Timothy earlier, 
Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It'll be hard. We need to set ourselves to endure the cost of fulfilling the task that God has given us in Christ Jesus, whatever that is. So the point is not simply to uh, keep our head, but to endure hardship, and not just to endure hardship for the sake of it, but finally to endure hardship to fulfill your ministry. Now, the ministry that Timothy had been entrusted with was the ministry of an evangelist. Paul says, do the work of an evangelist. So it seems that in the early church, as uh, the numbers in the early church grew and developed, that these roles, different roles kind of developed. So early on, the church was established and grown and pastored and kind of uh, spread through the work of the, of the disciples, the, the apostles. But as that grew, that, that work was then handed on to others. They were entrusted with uh, different aspects of those ministries. Uh, so there were some who were uh, given the task of, of teaching and pastoring, uh, and then there were some also who were given the task uh, of being evangelists. So the teachers and, uh, were those who were focused, if you like, on uh, continuing to uphold the truth uh, in the Bible. The pastors were those who were focused uh, perhaps more on the, the leadership and the uh, protection of the church. And the evangelists were those who carried on that apostolic ministry of going out with the gospel uh, to different places, taking the gospel out and planting and establishing new churches. Uh, it's, it's not that those things were completely separate roles. It's not that pastors never evangelized and evangelists never pastored, uh, but it's more a question of focus. Timothy uh, had been called by God, he'd been set apart to go along with Paul and to plant new churches in different places, to raise them up, to establish them, to train them to share the gospel with others as well. And Paul says to Timothy here, that's your mission, that's your job, that's what God has called you to, keep doing it, don't give up, don't quit. You can imagine that the temptation for Timothy to quit must have been enormous. Here he is in this church, there's false teachers, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who are opposing him, who are teaching uh, false doctrine. Uh, there are people, Paul says, who are going to come along. They're not going to want to listen to him anymore. They're going to gather around themselves other false teachers and uh, who they want to listen to when they don't want to listen to you. And Timothy must have just been thinking, I think I'd just as soon go to another church or, or, or give up ministry altogether. But Paul says to Timothy, you've been called by God to be an evangelist and a pastor. Don't give up. Keep your head and do a hardship. Fulfill your ministry. And whoever you are, if you belong to Jesus, you've been called by him into a relationship with him, but into a relationship where you've been called to serve him, to do what he has put before you. And your task might not be to be an evangelist like Timothy. There might be one or two of us to whom that task is ever given. But whoever you are, your task is to do whatever it is that God has put before you, where he has placed you with the gifts that he has given you. 
whether your service is in the home or the workplace, whether it's in the community garden or the sporting club, whether it's planting churches or taking the gospel to the other side of Australia or the other side of the world, your task is simple. Whatever your task is, your task is to keep doing it, to keep being faithful, not to lose your head, to endure hardship and fulfill your ministry. You've got to keep speaking the gospel, keep using the gospel to equip and prepare others, even when they don't want to listen. You've got to keep praying for people, the people that God has put around you and in your life. Even when things never seem to change, you've got to keep praying for them. You've got to keep being kind and keep being patient. Keep raising your children to know Jesus. You're to do the things that God has put in front of you now and to do the things that God might put in front of you in the future. And from time to time, maybe most of the time, you'll want to quit. I want to quit being a parent. I want to quit being a husband or a wife. I want to quit my job. I want to quit this life. But God says, don't lose your head. Endure hardship. Fulfill your ministry. Keep using the Bible to be prepared for that work and keep using the Bible to prepare others for that work as well. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you've given us a training manual for life. And a training manual that can equip us for every good work. Lord, help us to use that, to read, to mark, and to learn to set ourselves to study your word so that at length it might turn almost into nature. That we might be people who are recreated, remade through the work of your spirit in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you know our lives, you know our hardships, you know our struggles, you know the task to which you have called each of us. And Lord, you know that at times it's difficult. It's difficult to keep going. And Lord, we panic and we worry and we become overwhelmed. But Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for that. Forgive us for our lack of trust and help us to anchor ourselves ever more firmly in you and in your saving power and in your mighty arm. Lord, help us to anchor ourselves in that to set ourselves to face whatever lies before us and to fulfill the task to which you have called us. Help us to do that through the Bible and to use the Bible to help others do that as well. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.